your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, I'm Catherine, your host of this amazing variety show, Your Positive Imprint. My mission is to bring those inspiring global positive achievements to you and also help you to identify and set forth your own positive actions. Get inspired. Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? During November and the first Monday in December, I am launching my Worldwide Technology and Farming series. The first part of the series was Water, Fire, Breath, Sustainable Glass Blowing with Michael and David of Bicycle Glass. I've also featured Andrew Bracken and Farming in Africa. He's accompanied by his lovely wife, Rachel. Global Food Security. Does it exist? Today, I am featuring Technology. IDM is a global company, but located right here in my own community of New Mexico. What impresses me about IDM is that they not only strive to produce innovative, high-quality products, but they inspire visitor experiences while still respecting the value and ideas of their clients' background and culture. And for me, as a New Mexico resident, IDM serves my community by supporting my own community-based organizations that are committed to improving the lives of the people here in New Mexico, preserving my own New Mexico unique culture, protecting the environment, and working for social justice. Well, one of those community-based organizations that they are working with is the New Mexico Biopark Society. The New Mexico Biopark Society is the nonprofit support organization for the Albuquerque Biopark Zoo, <laughs> Aquarium, Botanic Garden, and Tingley Beach. The Biopark provides visitors with a venue for exploration and wonder and grows New Mexicans' understanding of the ability to conserve locally for global impact. The Biopark ignites passion for nature and life that elevates the imagination and moves the spirit of the visitor to put into place their own positive imprints. IDM's Becky Hansis O'Neill and Allison Zom from the New Mexico Biopark Society take me on a tour of the Penguin Chill, a habitat for penguins, but also a place where visitors learn through innovative programs about the lives of penguins, climate change, and ways one can walk away making a pledge to conserve locally for global impact and put into place their own positive imprints. This is just amazing. I, I'm, I'm just really thrilled. So I came down here to see the penguin chill because it's a, a new habitat where we have some penguins uh, here where people can come learn about them and educate themselves on the lives of penguins around the world. And my mother handed me an article on all of this fabulous technology that is over here, all these displays, these interactive educational displays, and it's IDM. And they're located right here in well, near Albuquerque, in Corrales, New Mexico. So from IDM, I have Becky, and Becky is here representing IDM, and she's going to walk us through all of these amazing, amazing, innovative, educational, interactive pieces. And from our absolute famous, wonderful zoological park, <laughs> Allison. Allison, you're with the Zoological Society. I am. I work for the, the New Mexico Biopark Society. What is your position? 
Um, so right now I'm the development manager for the Biopark Society, but as we maybe tell the story today, I'm the former curator of education for the Bioparks. So oh, that's back perfect. when we were just planting the seeds of this exhibit, we started dreaming up what we wanted people to learn. And so coming now full circle and actually having Becky's team make all of this a reality is really cool. It is awesome. I think it's just amazing. And of course, pictures, listeners, will be posted on the website and you can see the pictures and also links to both of these absolute wonderful entities will be on the website as well and you can learn so much more. But we are sitting here in front of all these penguins and two displays that as soon as you walk in, you have these monitors. And so, Becky, why don't you explain a little bit about IDM and what you did, your partnership with the Zoological Park? Sure. So IDM is a design and multimedia firm. So we make interactive exhibitions featuring technology. Uh, we were approached by the Biopark Society about this exhibit to add a whole bunch of different interactive and educational elements into this exhibit. So this is really unique because it has educational elements that are almost reminiscent of a museum with all these scientific interactive educational tools. And we we're just so happy to be able to work with the Biopark Society to make it. Oh, I think these are so much fun. I was on your website and I was looking at all of these amazing interactive displays that are around the world. I mean, you are global. Where does the innovation take place? How does this happen? Well, it usually starts, uh, believe it or not, with our clients. So in this case with the Biopark Society, Allison's team already had a bunch of really oh. great ideas that were sketched out, not completely designed, uh, but they knew what they wanted in here. So they came in and said, here's our ideas. Can we organize this in, into a theme? Um, how can we build these? Can we hit these educational goals? So, Allison, kind of walk us through because this is so intriguing. We don't know the behind the scenes as to what happens yeah. at zoos. And Penguin Chill is a really kind of epic tale because it started about 10 years ago when the director of the zoo oh my gosh. and the director of the Biopark Society were like, wouldn't it be cool if we got penguins? And everybody just kind of laughed it off. Like, that's too expensive for Albuquerque, which just kind of made them want it even more, right? Like challenge accepted, we're going to build penguins. And so there's a lot that goes into any exhibit where we've got to think about what the animals need, what's, how can we give them the best and then even more than that so that they have what they need. But for me at that time, I was the education curator. And for me, it was like, what do we want people to learn? And historically, a lot of the exhibits that we built at the zoo, they were great for animals, but the education component was like an eight by 10 sign. And that's all you had to learn. And we relied a lot on our docents to be out there talking to people and having these great conversations. But what and we they're wanted... they're great docents, but I understand exactly what you're talking about. Something interactive. Yeah. Right. We wanted people to learn in a much more experiential way and be able to interact all the time if somebody was there or not. So when we were coming up with the Penguin Chill message, we really wanted to make sure that climate change was incorporated because, you know, in Albuquerque, it's so unlikely that kids here are going to get to go to Antarctica. I've never been. I don't know if y'all have been. <laughs> no, I, no, I've interviewed people that are working down there. But. Yeah, and, and so we wanted to bring all of that to them and help them understand this really, really remote and largely uninhabited part of the world, but help them understand how our actions here in Albuquerque are impacting this climate and there are things that we can do and we can make the world better for penguins if only they'd understand how. So that's kind of where we started dreaming up all these ways that we could teach people about penguins, everything from their feathers to their diet to the challenges that they face um, from a changing climate. And so we kind of 
created all these great ideas, like, wouldn't it be fun if we could do this? And I remember what I had created back at the time was this table. It was like a digital table and you could touch it and you could make changes and it was a map and you could really see the impacts of climate change. And 10 years ago, people were like, yeah, no, that's too hard. Yeah. We can't do that. <laughs> but then here comes Becky and IDEM and they're like, yeah, no problem. We got that. And then they, they made it. And they didn't make just one. I mean, they have this entire thing when Chill set up with these interactive displays that are so much fun. Were you there, Becky, when Bizu came in, or did you come in later after? I was came in, I was at the beginning, but not the very, very beginning. So there's a, a couple of folks before me, and when I joined IDM a couple of years ago, I came from a natural history background. I have a master's in biology Um, So it was a natural fit for me to come in and be part of the project. Well, and Becky's great because she understands what storytelling is all about and and really how to involve and, like, bring people into the fold. So her her impact really made the story come to life. So the idea is that when you enter Penguin Chill, you are at the southern tip of South America. You're in the city of Ushuaia, which is not a cold and iced over place. It's beautiful and it's green and it's mountainous. And so this room that we're sitting in now, we're sitting on green benches. There's rocks around us. There's not a speck of ice in here. And that was part of the story. And then what happens is you embark on your journey and you're on a research ship, which is another room and so you get on this research ship and then you actually head out to the sea ice and you're looking at penguins and looking at their um, ice cores and ice sheets and and learning all of this on your journey so we wanted to take people on this trip really as they go through the exhibit and and that was kind of part of the magic that IDM brought to this is is here let's tell a story as people go there's this journey that they're going to go on it's it's not just going to spots where you learn stuff it's you're going on an adventure. This is so wonderful. I, were you expecting ice in here? We were. Yeah. <laughs> we were. We were expecting ice. And when we didn't, you know, there was no ice. But then when you read on the monitor, you're, you're reading, you know, about the penguins over in, like you say, the tip of South America, where there is no ice. But they do inhabit that area. Mm-hmm. And the fairy penguins, yep. the, otherwise known as the blue penguin, I think, mm-hmm. over in Phillip Island or other parts of Australia, where you don't have ice there as well. So that's remarkable. I love that it has the storytelling piece. And when there's, like now, when there's not so many people in here, you can actually see the rocks and you can see the green. This is awesome. Now, when you were putting together these education pieces and you're collaborating through all of this and you were talking to Becky about doing a storytelling piece, was there anything in particular that you, that is yours, Allison, that you said, okay, we just have to have this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, it's, I think that's the challenge of it is you can't be too married to an idea when you initially plan something because it can evolve. And the more, um, you know, the more staff that have come through and, and put their ideas, I think it ended up a lot better. But I think what we stuck to the whole time was that this had to be an educational space there's no eight by 10 signs that sum up all of penguins. It is a place to learn. It's a place to interact. And that was the one component that we held tightly to the whole I'm way through. I'm so glad you did. And Becky and Allison, we're going to take a little tour. That's not an easy feat. No. <laughs> so, and that's not cheap. 
And it's not cheap. This was 18 million? About 17 million for the entire exhibit. But all of the educational components, all of the like atmosphere inside of here, that came close to about $2 million to do. Yeah, and I know that the snow machine is quite expensive. So there's a a wonderful snow machine for the penguins. Mm -hmm. So, all right, well then we'll take a little tour. Sounds great. So the upper auditorium space here, like we talked about, it's not green, it's rocky. It's supposed to surprise you a little bit that, oh, I came in here and I don't see any ice. A couple of the really interesting things that we were able to do in here was above you, you can see a simulation of the Aurora Australis in sculpture form. And what's really cool about that is the intensity of that light animation changes based on data feed from Noah. <laughs> my favorite part of the whole experience. <laughs> Me too. Actually. Oh, wowie. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> so kids are just screaming through the door and I think they're probably like first graders or second graders maybe, but it's blowing their minds right now. Yep. There's a Gen 2 penguin hanging out really close to the glass, kind of checking them out and they're very excited about it. <laughs> And then there's a, there's a bunch of kids that are standing on top of the glass floor and penguins are swimming beneath them. I think one little guy's a little too nervous to stand on the glass floor. <laughs> He's creeping around the edges of it, but the other kids are having good a time. The Aurora's great. And there's also a presentation system in here for docents and keepers to use. So those screens can change to different feeds. So you can hook a laptop up to those. You can change it to a camera feed uh, from inside the tank here. Um, and there's a microphone system as well. The idea is that once the penguins start nesting and they start doing all their courtship behaviors, they can zoom in on the camera and watch what a pair is doing or look under the feet to see the chick or the egg. Um, so we, we want to like bring all of that closer to the guests. Yeah. So right now we're walking on transparent glass above penguins and they're swimming under us. <laughs> yeah. And one other really cool thing we've done with the exhibit is that the lighting mimics what's happening in the subantarctic so as our days are getting shorter this time of year in the southern hemisphere the days are getting longer so the lights are on later into the evening here they come on earlier in the morning whereas in the summer the penguins go to bed at like four o'clock in the afternoon so you're just doing everything you can to make the life of a penguin as normal as possible all right we're now in what did we call it it's the research vessel biopark um, and I can hear our, our young friends are coming to join us. But this is a magical room for me. I love this room. <laughs> so I will, there's, I will be putting a picture up, but what I'm seeing is I'm on a boat. And it feels like I'm on a boat because the water's moving. But it, it really allows my imagination to just take off. And it is a very, it romanticizes exploration. You know, and it's just a really awesome place. You have the old or the books, like as if you're on the boat. Down there, you've got the ship, you've got the, I mean, the boats, you have things that a research scientist would have. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. It's just magical. I think probably for a, a scientist working in Antarctica, this is a lifestyle. You know, it's your life is on a ship. Your life is very hard. You're putting up with some really harsh elements in your office, you know. So we wanted to kind of 
bring people into that and let them see, you know, but they're also getting to do like the coolest job ever. So (laughs) that was a big part of it. Absolutely. What made you come up with, okay, we want people to feel like they're standing on a ship, an exploration ship, a science ship. Well, I think the first part of it was just the challenge with the architecture of this room. The ceiling in here is really low, and that was a a thing that made us really scratch our heads. There's all these pipes that are running to bring water to and from the penguins. The mechanical room is on the other side of the wall. So so the mechanical room is on the other side of the wall, and it's loud, and it makes these horrendous noises. But that's what a ship sounds like. So we could really embrace that just because of this building, which could have been a challenge in any other situation, but it really um, made the boat feeling more exciting, I think. So when I joined the project, it was already decided this space would be some kind of vessel, some kind of ship. So what I got to do was really help with the design and figuring out what it would look like, what would be in here. It went through a few changes. Like at one point, the bow section was outside and now you're in the ship and you can see outside on the bow, you're not standing on the bow. Um, And what we did is we looked up a bunch of different research vessels that are currently in operation and picked elements of those photographs and things that we could find that we really liked and worked with a a fabricator to bring that to life. Wow, well, it really is spectacular. And I can see the kids, they're working over there on the map. Yeah, and the idea behind this map, it's a giant digital table that's a touch screen. And the idea is that you are participating in the research. So you're getting um, some kind of orders from the ship that you're working with, and they're telling you what you need to go out and find. And then by touching the screen, it's kind of a game where you'll be finding data. And it might be data about plankton. It might be data about predators in the ocean. It might be other kind of physical properties of the sea or the ice. Um, And as you work with your group to collect all of this data, you'll find four things and then it'll summarize it for you. So you get to kind of help be a researcher, gather data, and all of that matters really when you're studying the climate. So that was that was what we wanted to happen at that table. Yeah, and here are some older students who are coming in and they definitely they are all, every single one of them, they're over at an interactive (laughs) display. And looks like the older ones are reading through it. And IDM did such a great job of making it fun. Um, you know, they would take our ideas and be like, okay, we, we could do this better. We could make this more fun. We could make it more of a game. And so what they've created at some of these touch stations is that kids are like keep digging and digging and digging deeper into this information, whether they're learning about penguin adaptations, whether they're doing kind of a mock-up Skype call with a scientist. But it's so compelling and they just want to keep trying more. And that's what we want. We want them to keep learning. So what we're looking at right now are life-like sculptures made of wood. So these are not stuffed penguins, which I was so happy that they weren't. <laughs> they're actually made out of wood. So, I mean, this is just a beautiful display so that people can see what they look like and their life images. That was something we wanted from the beginning is something to represent all 18 species of penguin and not only how diverse they are in size from the giant emperors to the tiny little blue penguins um, but also the diversity of the habitats where they live like Galapagos penguins are on the equator versus emperor penguins that spend their life on the actual continent of Antarctica. So We found a local sculptor, he's amazing, and he was able to create all of these custom sculptures for us. He even went to SeaWorld and looked at real penguins before we had any here, just so he could get these sculptures just right. And then we had all these sculptures sitting in for about a year, the boardroom at the Biopark Society, and then it was Becky's team 
that came in and said, okay, here's how we're going to display them. Originally, we thought, okay, we'll set these sculptures on the shelf. And by we, I mean like the greater team. Um, and the Biopark Society trusted IBM enough to say, well, how would you design it? And we said, well, we want to lift them up more and we want to make it really warm in here. So we have this wood finish on the back wall that IBM did. We worked with uh, Karen Waterfall, who's a curator of uh, birds here, to figure out exactly where to put the penguins and how to position them. So they're actually from warmest to coldest loving penguins. So we're at the cold end right now. Um, so we came in here and, well, first we went to the Biopark Society and we traced all the bases and cut them out of foam core. And then we positioned them here and traced exactly where they were going to go built little stands for them that you can't see because it's under the rocks and worked with Karen on the order. So it was a really big collaborative effort, collaborative effort to get all of this done. As I'm watching inside that room, those kids are so involved. <laughs> Isn't that great? I love it so much. Yeah. Well, those stations in particular have really intrigued me from a design standpoint because like our, our Skype calls with the scientists are really your traditional push a button, hear an interview kind of exhibit. But the difference here is that we've organized it into little sound bites so folks can actually tap on a question like, what did you like to do when you were a kid? What's your career now? And by putting it in that framework of question asking, it seems to be much more popular than your typical exhibit where you hit a button and hear an interview. So. Oh, I like that. Well, now we had the, the microphone off and Becky happened to hear a little boy as he walked in what did he say he said i'm a, or we're scientists i think that's great okay all right so we'll, we'll move yeah, so in here we've left the research vessel and now we're out at our ice base and we can research ice cores uh, in here you can also play chow time so you're a penguin and this is a motion tracking game so you can pick one of the three species on display forage for food and avoid predators and pollution it's fun. I've done it. Have you done it? I'm sure you've I've done, done it. I've done it many, many times. <laughs> it was fun to do the testing at IDM Studio. We got to bring in a bunch of people and a bunch of kids so we could help them, you know, test the game. And that was kind of the best because we got to really, like, see it for the first time. And, you know, there's some hidden things in the game, like it's an orca that pops out or a seal that pops out and eats you if you're not lucky. Um, so that was pretty fun to test it. it. It's fun. I love that it's so interactive and, and you're... You're ducking and you're moving to the right, you're moving to the left. It's just very, lots of kinesthetic activity. Yeah, and it's a great like social learning thing too because you'll find there's only one player at each screen. And then there's like this whole team of coaches around them, whether it's moms or like <laughs> students in school, total strangers, like go to the left, to the right. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's really fun how everybody's working together. And I was telling you earlier, we've seen groups of adults come in and have competitions and races. And so if people can have this really awesome, fun time, but at the same time they're learning that, hey, orcas eat penguins and oil spills are a threat to penguins in the water, that's just a huge bonus. Absolutely. The walls, what on earth are they made of? The walls, all the rock work was done by, not by IDM, but a different company, but we, um, we were involved with a little bit of that and directing a few pieces. So what this is, is shotcrete that's been painted. And the company that does this has specialty sculptors and painters that they bring in for each project. Well, they did such a great job. Yeah, it really helps immerse people into the experience, I think. 
But we are coming over to this selfie capture, which is so much fun. Our family has done it, and it's amazing. What made you come up with the idea to have a selfie capture? Well, we knew that we wanted a way for people to make a pledge to help penguins. And then I think it was Becky's crew that decided, like, we could get this really cool camera set up. We could take these awesome photos. And then it just, like, blew up from there. It was awesome. So if you've taken a selfie at the selfie station, you've probably noticed there's more than one camera. So there's five Canon DSLRs in there. And the effect is an animated GIF that looks a little bit like bullet time if you've ever seen The Matrix. So it's got this cool 3D wiggle. So it's a little bit more special than just a flat photo. So we're trying to motivate people to make that pledge and email that photo to themselves. The selfie station is a really unique use of technology because most of the time, if you see a multi-camera rig like that, you can rent it. It comes with someone that watches it 24-7. It's just for an event. So for that to be running all day every day is really a pretty big uh, challenge in terms of building custom technology. Because if it loses um, network connection, one of the cameras didn't turn on right away. It has all these little things that could go wrong with it that we have to plan for and mitigate to make sure it's always up and running. We wanted people to make a pledge. We wanted them at the end of their experience in the building to really feel committed to helping penguins and to verbalize that or make a stand of what they were going to do. So when we had this idea, we weren't really sure how it could work, but Becky's team had this great idea for these gifts and they turned out so much cooler than we thought they were going to be. And we had the pleasure of teaching people what gift meant. And <laughs> it's, it's great, I think, because people are very compelled to take photos and then when they're retrieving their photo, they get to make this pledge for penguins. They can do a survey. For us, it's great because we're seeing now um, people's commitment to to making the world a better place. So, Allison, can you say a few words about the zoo? Because, you know, zoos, there are people that love zoos and there are people who don't agree with zoos. I think what I would say to somebody who was feeling uncertain about zoos or feeling even anti-zoo is to go on a backstage tour, really see it and gather information from yourself and see the dedication that goes into making each animal's life the most extraordinary it can be here. You know, our elephants often days are walking more than wild elephants do. They have the same types of social interactions that wild elephants do, but also, you know, newts and salamanders, they're getting the same kind of conditions that they would get in the wild. They're getting this extraordinary care. They're living these long lives. Um, so every animal, it's you really need to look at the whole picture of zoos. And, you know, a lot of people critique zoos for having baby animals and making more, but what I'll tell you is that every animal that's born at an AZA-accredited zoo is planned and for. And can you say what AZA is? Sure. Thanks. AZA is the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. They're the accrediting body. And we know if we're going to breed, say, penguins, we know who we're hoping will pair up. We know what's going to happen with that chick when it's born. So we are planning 30 years down the road all the time for every animal. It's a very, very carefully maintained system for the welfare of the animals. We want to make sure they're safe and they're happy and they're healthy every moment of their life. And I think that's one of the, the fabulous parts of meeting people like you and you're hearing about your positive imprints, but knowing that what you want in your journey in life is to pass on these positive imprints so that other people are making that pledge, as you say, to making that step, to making 
positive imprints within our world. The building of these, I'm trying to envision, we have our plant. We have it here in New Mexico where this is actually built. What's the process? How long does it take? Well, uh, we were all looking at the research table together that uh, Allison pointed out with the map and how the ship sends you a data request and you need to find it and you can do it as a team. So something like that with that table is really um, a standard IDM product. So that's a 55-inch platform is the technical <laughs> name for it. And there's a few different models. So there's a drafting table that is at an angle. Um, and then we have inline systems that are meant to be put into any kind of furniture you want. So chow time is actually, uh, I believe those are inline systems. So we have lots of different touchscreen systems. Here comes the geese. Mm-hmm. Fall. Mm-hmm. So in Corrales, we have our workshop. So we've got creative services, and I'm the director of creative services, so we do the design and the creative part. We have our workshop, and they build the tables, and they integrate the screens and computers in them. And then we also have our fabrication studio, and that's at uh, in Corrales, New Mexico, and we just call it by its address. So we have 4290, the fabrication studio. And they build uh, custom fabricated materials. So any kind of custom cabinetry, uh, anything like that, they do that. So our team is about 50 people, a little, it ebbs and flows. I think we're a little under 50 right now. So the process is usually, so a client like, like Allison will come to us and say, I have these ideas. These are my educational goals. And we work with them through a design phase uh, to figure out all the details of that. We have user experience designers, so they take that and they really work to ensure that uh, whatever the modality or educational goals are, that that's something that guests can come do quickly. Because as you could see, uh, kids maybe spend, if you're lucky, five minutes per station. So whatever you're going to be teaching, you need to try to do it really quickly. So we go through that design phase, and once it's all approved and stamped and settled, then we build it. And depending on what it is, that could be easy. That could take maybe a month. Or if it's a really complex project, it could, it could take a year. It just really depends what it is. In this case, it's a little hard to judge because we were working in tandem with the general contractor building the building and the architect. So the schedules really kind of ebbed and flowed for what we were working on when. But gosh, it seemed like we've been working on this was a year and a half at least. At least. Yeah. Yep. So it, it took a while. That doesn't seem very long for as many of those innovative machines that are in there. And it's all custom. I mean, that's what's so cool is that this was created just for Penguin Chill. And, you know, all that animation, it's so beautiful. The way that the games work, it's all created just for this experience, which I think is really awesome. Yeah. Did IDM have to reinvent anything? Or had you done projects that Allison was talking about? A bit of both. So like Allison mentioned, there's a couple of things in there. Well, a lot of things in there that are completely custom. So the systems that are supporting them, the Aurora is a really good example, are completely custom. You're not going to see another system duplicated like that anywhere. So there were some definitely some exhibits that needed inventing. And then you always have to figure out the peculiarities of the particular space you're building in. Um, Like the selfie station, how far back from the wall can that go? How far to the left and right can it go to make sure we still have good wheelchair access around it? Which things need to be bolted to the floor so people can't wiggle them? (laughs) So there's all kinds of custom inventing kind of things going on. When the kids came in, they saw the display. They knew what to do with it. 
They knew it was a touch screen. They obviously they've been here or they just because it's their generation of technology, they know where to move things around on it. So when you have so many hands on it at the same time, does it cause a ah, I need to shut down. I don't know what I'm doing now. Or it's set up for all of that. Well, you're going to let me brag. Oh, um, yay. <laughs> Let's, you have the bragging rights here. <laughs> the IDM touch tables are, I like to say they're the Rolls Royce of the industry. And one of the reasons they are is because they can handle 80 touch inputs at a time. So it's really hard on a 55-inch surface to actually get that many hands and touch points on it. Another thing that uh, we do is something called palm rejection. Kids especially will put their hands on a table and they'll just act like they're washing a counter. They'll, right, they'll right. Uh, flip their hands around. <laughs> so the, the screen and the computer know not to see that as input. So they oh. reject that. In the research table game, we actually built into the software. So you use your finger kind of hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, 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 and then you find your data point. If you go too fast or you're just flinging your fingers around, the little arrow won't even show up for you. So you can't use it unless you're being a little bit more slow and methodical. So we have all these different tricks to make sure that that doesn't happen, that you're not overloading the system. That is really exceptionally fantastic. Getting this interactivity into zoos, I think, is really, really important for conservation messaging and making sure that we're engineering things so multiple people can use them. They're not seizing up or locking up is really important, I think, to start to get this kind of technology that museums have been using for a long time in the zoos and aquariums. And this is something that goes back to what Allison was saying in the beginning with the fact that the rest of the zoo, most of the rest of the zoo, there's signs that you read about the animal and it's not interactive. I'm not saying that we have to have technology for interactive because I read the signs, but it is a different generation. I think what's really cool about this kind of digital technology is that it, it promises something that you will discover. So it piques your curiosity in a way that a sign doesn't. You know, in a sign, when you read it, you expect it to give you the answer you want, right? But when you touch a screen, you're not really sure what's going to happen. And so if you can make it do something, make new information come out or come alive, I think that makes it so much more appealing. And that's why I'm so excited to see more of this be incorporated into zoos and aquariums and even more museums too, like mm -hmm. really embracing this technology. And I'm super proud that it's IDM because I'm an Albuquerque native. Like, <laughs> yeah, these are our guys that are yeah. doing this. It's awesome. You said something that I think covers our entire morning here. Uh, I, I think it's the, the sense of wonder when you touch a screen and you don't know what's going to happen and something new and exciting will appear and it involves your curiosity so much more than just a static sign. Because there's one outcome on a sign, but on a lot of this digital stuff that we have in Penguin Chill, there's multiple outcomes. You can learn multiple things in multiple ways and it's exciting every time you do it. What a great way to summarize the Penguin Chill and all of the work that you have collaborated, IDM, with in putting together such a fantastic and phenomenal, innovative, functioning, interactive technology displays. I thank you so much for the tour of Penguin Chill. And I am, as you said, Allison, it is fabulous to know that, that IDM is part of our own community. Mm -hmm. saying, saying that, that I guess we should expect IDM to do some more things here at the zoo. Of course, it is expensive. <laughs> That's where my job as a fundraiser comes in. I make it possible for 
people to learn using Becky's equipment. So I have a question. So Becky, you said something while we were inside, and I didn't understand what you meant. We were doing the selfie, mm-hmm. the picture selfie, and you said something of if we if one of us move oh. forward, I what? Tell me what you were trying to say. Yeah. So I mentioned before the selfie station is composed of five Canon cameras. So when you get an animated GIF. It's showing you an image from each camera. So what this does is it creates a bullet time effect. So if you have seen the movie The Matrix, you've seen a lot of this kind of motion. If you stick an arm out or if someone in your group is standing a little closer or further away, it exaggerates that three-dimensional effect in your gift. So that's why I asked us to put our arms up or put our arms out. Oh, how did you come up with that? So that one was not me. It was a, a couple other people in our uh, design group that came up with that. I I got tasked with building it. We like to experiment with new and different kinds of technology and we really like to push it. So we didn't want just a photo booth. We wanted to do something just a little more, really motivate you to make that pledge to get that photo. But looking all the different kinds of effects you can have, this one seemed like a doable kind of thing that was a little bit new that you probably aren't, well, I know you're not actually gonna see just an automated station with multiple cameras like that. Wow. Well, it is interesting and, and, well, ingenious. Well, this has all been so exciting. So, Allison, in your position with education, you've probably seen it, obviously, because you've been talking about it, going from the science to this innovative process. I think, you know, zoos and aquariums, and zoos especially, we've been sort of limited by the outdoors and the elements outdoors. But as we've grown and started creating exhibits that are more comprehensive, you know, not just here's all the cats in a row, but here's a cat in its African ecosystem and all the animals that would be around it. And now we're starting to incorporate a lot of cultural elements too. Like with our new Australia exhibit, we're incorporating the Aboriginal viewpoint because that's absent everywhere. And so for us having this new way of using technology to tell this story, it allows us to do so much more. It's not just what an animal eats and how long it lives anymore. It's about painting that whole picture and technology gives us just so many more tools to tell that story. I think that's, that is something that is missing in society. And we want to learn more about culture and we want to be a part of it, but we can't because it's in a distant place. So any way that you can make it interactive and learn the culture and feel like you're a part of it for that, you know, instantaneous moment there is, is kind of cool. But and you I learn. Think people are so important. And people, when they ask me what my favorite animal at the zoo is, I say people. Because if we are going to save animals, if we're going to save ecosystems, we need people. We need people from every culture and every part of the world. So the more we can do to unite us and to find those similarities and common grounds, better chance we have of saving our earth. That's a marvelous, absolute wonderful way to end this because your positive imprint is is all about what you just said. And what my mission is, is to bring the positive imprints from around the world. Thank you so much, Allison. And thank you so much, Becky. This has been such a joy <laughs> to be here. Well, I thank you again for such a wonderful tour of Penguin Chill and hearing about the behind the scenes with how it got built and the innovation that was involved. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, Thanks for uh, coming and talking to us. Absolutely. Thank you. Listeners, come on over to New Mexico and experience the Penguin Chill. This week, I will release a bonus episode where Becky shares more about IDM. 
Next week, I continue my technology and farming series in Europe. Music by Chris Knoll. Check him out at chrisknoll.com. Head over to my website and sign up for email updates, yourpositiveimprint.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Email me with comments or post them on my website. Write positive reviews at Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform that supports reviews. Also, I've hit my 50th episode and I'm ready for sponsorship. If you know anybody that would like to sponsor this podcast or several episodes, then please contact me. Thank you. Follow me or subscribe to this podcast, Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.?